Welcome to the Other Worlds GG Community Cast. This is episode number 43, and I am Table for Two, and I am joined today by Mellified. What's going on, man? Hello. Uh, not much. It's uh, cold and rainy, actually, here in Texas today, so um, not not going outside to do anything. Not that I go outside generally to do things. <laughs> <laughs> More interested in staying inside and playing video games, man. How it is. Why go outside when you can stay inside and play video games? That's right. Yeah, um, we we had a, a really good news show that we recorded, and uh, we're here today to bring you a little topic show and and do a little uh, update on you know what it is that we're playing and what we got going on. And the funny thing about it is, is um, a while back we recorded a few episodes, and then. Um, one didn't make it out alive, and that was that was episode. I'm pretty sure it was episode 19. Um, the fabled, the, the fabled the, episode, the, 19. The, fa- the fabled episode number number 19. So number 19 was made at one point in time, uh, but we never got a chance to properly edit it and upload it before I had the 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 hard drive crash that I had. So table. And, it, are you are you saying that it is not the rumor is that uh, Alien Pickle threatened the president is not true and that's not why we had to delete it? Is that what no, you that's, 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 that's the correct. story? That, that's okay. correct. That rumor is not true. Um, okay. But uh, what is true is is as as a as a as a technologist and someone who understands the importance of backups, I reluctantly was dumb enough to think, well, I'm smart, so it's never going to happen to me. <laughs> apparently was the logic i was running with thankfully today everything that i do is backed up now like anything i download gets backed up anything that i save to my desktop gets but like everything on my damn computer is now in the cloud backed up so uh i don't have to worry about losing my hard drive ever again but um today we're gonna this is episode 43 not episode 19 um And by saying that is we're gonna we're gonna talk about what we talked about in episode number nineteen, which is uh, our some of our gaming setups, some of the stuff that we do that we enjoy the, to help us play our video games, especially our, our our massive backlog of games. Some of our retro stuff with emulation, how we accomplish accomplish those things. Uh, one of the things that Melifa and I were doing actually uh, in between recording the last show and this show is he was helping me with my. Playnight application, which Playnight is a front-end uh, application. It's um, being developed, uh, I think, through like Patreon, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, it's open source. It's open. Then, it's open know, source. So he yeah. he does the 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 the, the guy or team main or whoever it is. Yeah. Or, yeah, the main developer person is developing this uh, with the help of Patreon supports, and um, but they also so like the latest versions the Patreons get, but um. The, the open source stuff is all, you know, for the most part free. Um, and to be fair, a lot of the work, a lot of the things Play Night does is through plugins, which other people develop, and that's kind of how they right. and contribute. They, and, yeah, and he's been definitely meshing well with the with updating Play Night to a, a point where you can do all the plugin stuff through Play Night. You don't have to download a third-party thing, drop it in a folder, mm-hmm. this or that. There's stuff that you can do that with, like special banners and stuff like that. But for the most part, you can do everything through the application now. 
And the great thing is, is he's got, um, I say he, I, I don't really know. On, it sorry. is Joseph uh, Nemec is the yeah. main developer's name. So yeah, it's, it's safe to, to say him, I guess. Um, so we'll assume his pronouns. Um, so, so the developer, I'll refer to him from now on as the developer, um, has done a lot of really great work for doing emulation support. And what's really cool about the emulation support is, is it knows the emulators. So in other words, if you want to add in some ROMs that you have, say for super Nintendo, you tell it what, what emulator you're using. Like in my case, like, um, 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 SNES, yeah, ZSNES or SNES 9X. I think I use the 9X one myself. Mm. Um, and you tell it, and it because it knows the multiple variations of these things, and you tell it to scan for certain ROM types with that emulator, and it'll immediately import them. It'll go out to the uh, video game databases out there and pull in the artwork for you, any metadata information like uh, when it was made um the synopsis of the game for example so it's like you know you have a copy of it there and of course we're not trying to endorse anything illegal we're just saying for those who are doing emulation properly it can do those things um and it'll it'll pull in all of your computer stuff too so like it'll pull in all of your gog stuff your steam stuff your epic stores your uh, Ubisofts, any of your launchers on the pc you can and you can pull in things that are not in launchers either but it does have um plugins to help just pull in your entire library on a click of a button so that way you don't have to individually go and add a game um but you can individually add third-party games so like for example i have uh the elder scrolls online through the elder scrolls website i didn't get it on steam so like when i install it you know i have to manually tell it to go and grab that and where it's installed at so it's a really slick application. So uh, before we start recording, Malified was showing me how there's some really cool plugins you can get to like add in, um, like the the video, the video support and some of the logo support and stuff like that. There's uh, all kinds of these third-party plugins that just make using Playnight an absolute dream. And uh, I highly recommend checking it out. And you guys can definitely find more over on our Discord, but. Um, we, we definitely have some conversations about it over here on our discord, but that's just one of, of a few different ways in which, uh, both Mellified and I like to play games. Of course, he's got more stuff going on with his, he's probably got way more games integrated with his than I do. But the, the other nice thing about it too, is it's almost like a game tracker. So it'll even mm -hmm. pull in, it'll even pull in your Nintendo database in there for you. So you can see what Nintendo games you have. Your PlayStation stuff goes in there too. So you can see all your PlayStation games and any of your Xbox console stuff, you can manually like add some stuff, but you can also have it like uh, go to your Xbox Reach. account, yeah, and pull in those games too. So like I've got, I don't have an Xbox Series Xbox, but I do have an Xbox account with games on my Xbox One X that also would be available to me on the Series, and so it it it, it preemptively gives me those games on the series X because I already have, have them on the one X and they're compatible. Um, and same thing with like a couple of PlayStation games. I don't own a PlayStation four or five, but I do have a couple of games because they're connected to. And if I just was to link my account, I would have them on the PlayStation if I had a PlayStation. So it kind of, it does the, the legwork for you a little bit, which is nice. Um, because I, I have, like, I think Genshin Impact was the one specifically that I'm thinking of that is also a PlayStation game, um, and I, it has it on there for me. Um, 
So, yeah, no, Malefy's just not realizing that I do not have a PlayStation 4. Um, I knew you didn't have a 5 and had no interest in the 5, but I had no idea that you didn't have the PS4 at all. I mean, I just didn't didn't understand. So, okay, well, that's good to know. Well, we'll have that conversation later um, that you just messaged me about. So, yes, yes. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, I hear you, and and it's it's very interesting. Um, the the part of Playmate that I really appreciate, and God Galaxy does a lot of this too. To be fair, although I I they, don't like I don't like the way they do it. But. So 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 here's something interesting about God is they do have plugin support too, just like Playmate mm -hmm. does. But I don't think theirs gets updated nearly as much, or the developers that are doing the plugins aren't really care as much because I have had my Bethesda one not functioning for like a while in there. Um, there there's, oh yeah, there's 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 just some other. It it just it's not as I mean they're trying and maybe they'll push more for it with GOG because if GOG did this stuff more and had an emulation support, then I would be a hundred percent behind them. But Playnight like a lot of launchers does emulation support, but I feel that play Knight does it better than most launchers. Personally, it just it clicks of buttons. It, Cause it's it, it, a lot of other front ends and are very heavy. They're very, mm. um, they're very clunky. They're, they're very bloated as where play Knight is a very lightweight thing. And it just runs everything based off of scripts. It's the, that's how I see it. It's, it's very much like a very simple thing where you just give it the parameters and it'll go out and do it for you based on a script. Um, and I know this because it's happening in the back end. The scripts are happening, but but it's it it doesn't ha it doesn't have to do a lot because you just fill in the blanks and it'll go and do it for you. Um, so yeah, and I think the thing that that I appreciate specifically about the way Play Night does it, the plugins are updated regularly for all these stores, and you basically log in through browser integrated into Play Night, and what that gets you is it stores the cookie. The, for that website, whether it's the PlayStation website, Microsoft website, whatever, in Playnight. And so when Playnight goes out to check all your games and do an inventory, it's just reusing that browser in the background. Um, and like I say, GOG does the same thing, but for whatever reason, I have also found GOG plugins to be much less reliable. Um, to be fair, GOG tries to do extra things like friend list uh, support that play night does not do play night just uses your steam's friend list yeah I'm not say, it does yeah it, it integrates with the steam playlist or friends list but that's all it does gog tries to integrate with playstation friends list and xbox friends list and all these other ones and put them in one giant thing and and i think that's part of the problem that gog has is maybe being a little too ambitious um they're they're they have this matrix i've seen on the GitHub site for all the plugins that shows, oh, this plugin can do these features, but not those features, that type of thing. So it's uh, where Play Night kind of just, they all seem to do everything with one or two exceptions. So um, they're just mm -hmm. trying to do less. But yeah, for uh, sure. But yeah, at any rate, I, I uh, think that Play Night's reliance on plugins was its challenge in previous versions but the current version because they've got the sort of store almost integrated in that tells you these are the plugins that are available you know you just click to to download and install it and it's all right there and it auto updates them 
you know, prom well, he shouldn't say auto update. It prompts you to update them when they get updates, things like that. It's very, very convenient. Um, but you still have all those power user features like we were playing with adding video support, uh, which is so cool to me. Like having a little video playing of the game um, is really, really neat. But, uh, you know, I can understand why a lot, maybe some people don't, don't want that. So you can do, you have that flexibility with play night, though, which I appreciate. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so the, the fun nature of this too is, is again, with the emulators in there, you know, it's nice to have all of my gaming in one place. The other nice thing that recently just happened was there's some plugins for people who have, um, Microsoft's game pass. So if you have game pass support, that web browser feature, it just launches that web browser for you and you can just start playing all the Game Pass stuff. I absolutely love it. The, the xCloud stuff. Right, sorry, the, the xCloud yes, stuff. Yeah. But, but still, the fact that that's there and all in one place, that it'll launch the browser for me and I'm streaming from the cloud all on my PC is just super nice. I, I was shocked. I literally shocked at how easy it was. Like I never bothered to set it up and I finally was like, oh, I should try this. All I did was point it to Edge on my computer, and then it would just launch. I could double click to launch any xCloud game, and it would take me right to it. I mean, you know, you have to wait a, a couple seconds for xCloud to load up the the game, but um, it's very, very easy, um, which is fantastic. The, the emulator support is surprisingly easy. Uh, it it also got overhauled recently. Um, I think it could probably be streamlined just a little bit where it has the concept of like a default configuration for any particular emulator, but it doesn't select the default by default, <laughs> which right. is a little bit unfortunate because the default 99 out of 100 times probably is perfect. It's exactly what you want. Um, so they should probably just make it pick that for you. Um, but, you know, uh, not it's very nitpick nitpicky detail admittedly um i dropped in my yuzu uh for switch games and one of the crazy neat things to me is i have my nintendo scanner going in and pulling down all the switch games that i own digitally from nintendo and i've got my uh dumped copies of those games to emulate through Yuzu. And it knows they're both, they both exist and I can choose to merge them into a single entry if I want, but I can also just have them as, you know, two separate games. One being a, like a Yuzu version versus the, the, the actual switch version. And if I want with Yuzu, with the Yuzu integration, I can double click on that. Uh, game and again launches right into Yuzu, launches that game and knows all the command line parameters that it has to use to do that. It's all just sort of built in there for you. It's it's really really slick. Um, and I saw today they did an update and added a new emulator uh, su support for a new emulator to Play Night. So like this stuff is being actively worked on yeah, and I, added. Too. I'm actually really shocked too because I, I do follow the emulation scene and I really love following uh, Modern Vintage Gamer on YouTube. And he's got some interesting stuff where he because he's he's a he's a developer himself. He actually helped uh, work on uh, the Quake One 
remaster that came out. He he helped uh, do that kind of stuff as well. And he's huge proponent for emulation. And he was showing some stuff recently with like the PlayStation Three emulation and like OG Xbox and even some Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty emulation, where this stuff is like really coming a long way and a shocking rapid pace. Um, the unfortunate nature is too is the the Switch emulation is like on like day one a, a game comes out on the Switch and you can instantly play it on an emulator. That is that is an unfortunate nature because I mean you. you in my mind, emulation is really a replacement for like a way where you really can't get around playing things today or hard to find stuff is, is a good way for emulation. Of course, you know, owning the copy of the game is the important factor there, but you know, I can have a copy of a, like, you know, um, you know, golden I 007 for the N64, but my, I might not actually own an N64, at least a functioning one. Um, so we uh, in our last show we definitely talked about Phil Spencer was you know he's a big proponent for trying to figure out legal emulation you know um the Xbox for a long time was doing their backwards compatibility program but recently they've put an end to it because they've they've reached the maximum amount that they can do because licensing and you know all these you know holders of you know these licenses are getting in the way of trying to move forward on these things which is real it's a real shame um so play night's definitely like one of those one of those tools that we use i don't want i don't want to make a, this whole show to be a play night show but um it's got a lot of functionality and if you definitely want to know more and if you want to know like how to set it up or uh help setting yours up feel free to join us on our discord and, and reach out to myself or mellified and we'll definitely get you squared away but there's other there's other avenues of, of our setups that we do too because you know i uh i'm a heavy pc user Right, and so I, I like to play a lot of games at my PC, and um, usually if I'm playing at my PC, I don't necessarily launch my games through Playnite. For example, I'll just you know launch them through their respective launcher on the PC um, and play them. But another thing that I do too is I like to play Xbox. I have a, I have an Xbox One X. I eventually I'll get a Series X when they become available, <laughs> um, and I have the cash for them right now. I'm kind of saving my money for a Steam Deck. Um, but the, the, my Xbox sits on my desk and is hooked up to my computer and I play it by using the one-to-one pass-through with the Elgato HD 60S. And so while Xbox does have the built-in game stream function now with it, you can, you know, game stream across your home network and you can actually game stream across the internet if you have a good internet connection now with it, come to find out they actually got that working too. Um... Which I don't, I'm not, I, you know, my internet's kind of crappy. I have a very low upload speed where I live currently. I'm trying to work on getting that increased. But um, if you can do a direct, you know, pass through, it's probably going to be better than the game stream. But it's nice to have the game stream as an option. But what I use is I use this Elgato HD60S in it and I load up the uh, the Elgato app on my PC and it full full screens on my PC and I can play right there on my PC and I can play Xbox games with Mellified which is really nice cuz some of those some of those games even though Microsoft is doing their um you know you can play it on PC or on on um the console not everything from the console is on the PC especially if it's already come out so like you know I can do the XCloud stuff on some of it but not everything um it's funny that I can. I've actually tried. I've done it, and I've done it, and it does work well. The X Cloud for me does work well here at home, 
Uh, usually when I'm out and about, it doesn't work as well. Or if I'm at the office, you know, on break or something like that, it doesn't work as well. But, um, you know, at home, it works pretty well. So I've been able to play, like, Perfect Dark Remaster on my PC. But usually what I'll do is I'll play it through my console um, to my to my PC with that uh, one-to-one of the... Uh, the actual console itself and that comes in real nice because there is the crossplay functionality so like on, in some instances like i only play forza horizon 4 on my console um and then i've got a you know we have uh you know alien pickle he'll have it on his pc and we can play together um but i play forza horizon 5 on my pc and i know malefied's probably got it on his console somewhere i know we can probably cross play with that but you know it's nice that that those functionalities are coming into play now where you can get the best of both worlds and so uh this is where i'll just do my my one-time plug if you guys haven't looked at game pass it's a very great offering um it gives you uh, it gives you a lot whether you have just the console or just the pc you can get them individually or if you have both or if you just want all the extra features game pass ultimate is an awesome awesome deal um and i highly recommend checking it out it's uh if you like playing games it's um Probably the best thing in gaming on the market right now is just Game Pass. So check it out. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't tend to do as much in-home streaming. I uh, have the stuff to do it. I just, I don't know, I, I just don't do it. But the interesting thing um, for me is bringing it all into the PC so I can see, you know, what it is that I have, what I can play. Um, sometimes that's maybe a mistake. It can be a little overwhelming, frankly, uh, to, to see, you know, the full extent of my, um, my uh, gaming collection, right? But it's also really satisfying um, to be able to see it all in one place. And... For me, that's a big deal. So that's why I, I definitely like, uh, you know, play night. For example, as you said, we're not going to do a play night show, although we could. I, I guarantee we could we could go through and just talk about all the cool plugins. But anyway, um, you know, I I think where I've gotten to is I don't have time or the attention span to spend a lot of energy on. Uh, multiple solutions. And so I tend to just mm, do it on the mm. PC. And then there's stuff I, you know, exclusives on the Switch, the Xbox, and the PlayStation that I have those systems for. But I've found that I've been using them a lot less since I really got my PC, my new PC set up all kind of dialed in. Um, well, geez, like, where do you want to, where do you want to go? Do you want to talk about backlogs? Do you want to talk about what we've been playing uh, well, backlog I mean, management i mean i mean i mean really like the the backlog management is really well see that's an interesting conversation to have because there's definitely websites out there that help you do some of the backlog management but i and i've had and i've had struggles with those because i feel like they don't quite capture and it's there's a lot of manual entry with that it feels like um but what I really like is I, I do really like play night as my backlog kind of like catalog that, that I can catalog what I have, uh, especially with my emulators and stuff like that. I can, I can, you know, do custom tags on things, you know, to say like, you know, I haven't finished or need to finish and stuff like that. Uh, haven't played yet. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of the haven't plays. Um, so I, I typically use and I typically use Play Night for cataloging a lot of those things, which is what I which is what I like about it. But um, I know you and I do uh, some other some other emulation. We do uh, some hardware emulation with like the Mister, for example, uh, which is a which is a fun piece of hardware. Um, I'm looking to turn mine into kind of like an old, um, like PC emulator. So doing, doing like the scum and all those old, the old, the retro PC stuff. I'm looking to get an actual CRT monitor, um, keyboard and mouse for it. And so that way I can do some old school PC emulation with that. And it's a really good, it's a really good piece of hardware to do that with too. There's some really fun projects out there. Um, to do some of these older things where it's harder, it's harder to get your hands on actual old tech, um, that still functions and functions well without spending a, a, do- a good dollar on it. Um, the, the crazy thing is, is with older tech, there's always that chance that it just might go at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've seen people who've built like windows 95 machines or windows 98 machines for some of these like retro like nineties PC gaming. Um, I would love to do that. I honestly, I'd love nothing more than to build a Windows ninety eight like retro machine, um, and and do some of that because there's just there's just some things that you can't quite. Malphite, you, this is this is no reflection on you your character. Uh, you used to work for Blizzard before yep. you know all this other stuff, and um, so I'm sure you're aware that there were mods and all kinds of things for the original StarCraft, right? Like there was some. Really... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So there there used to be like a handful of mods back in the day that did some really interesting things to StarCraft that once I moved to like Windows 2000 and beyond, those things stopped working uh, mm. because of something to do with, I think, moving the because Microsoft switched to their when they went. I think it was either when they went to 2000 or they went to XP, something fundamentally changed in their operating system that broke how some of these older games worked uh with mods and so like i there's just some of these older things that you might not be able to get functioning on modern systems anymore um that would require actual old hardware in order to do it old old operating systems so that's that's one of the reasons why i kind of want to do that it's just because there's there's a there's a legacy of these things that you know, as Otherworld's GG, we're 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 into the concept of games preservation. You know, and so yeah, I for me the Mister uh, FPGA that we've talked about a handful of times, and both you and I have, um, is a very good pre three D option for DOS gaming. You can play almost every uh, game up until about nineteen ninety five on it. Uh, it does not handle. It has no 3D graphics at all. The the core for 486, uh, and there are a few games that performance-wise are kind of miserable to play. Uh, the Mister's equivalent, about equivalent to a, a 486 SX33. Um, so you know there are a few things that that don't run real well, but it is surprisingly good. Uh, there's a great shareware top top shareware pack for DOS um, that being shareware can be freely distributed. And uh, that's been a really cool little thing that, that the Mr. Community is just starting to get into 
it uses a custom DOS app to do its menuing. So you load into a disk image that has, you know, 100 plus shareware games and you get to go through a menu, pick them, pick the sound emulation you want to do. And, you know, you're in the game playing it. It does keyboard or joystick to keyboard conversion as part of it as well. Um, so, it, you know, I think that's where things are kind of uh, really neat is to be part of that community and see it grow and, and have the opportunity to play a lot of that classic DOS stuff that certainly is, you know, a big deal for me because that's what I grew up with. But um, there is this gap as the early 3D cards came into being until you get to Windows 2000 uh, era, Vista era, I guess, um, where there's not a good way to play those games without having, like you said, a, a, a sort of d dedicated Windows 98 machine with a, a Voodoo or a, a 3DFX. And, uh, you know, being able to play games with that. So... I I share your enthusiasm for it. For me, I don't have any game that I'm so eager to play that it, it's driven me to go build one, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like if if I had even one game, I definitely want to go back and and play this again. Um, it, I I would be on it in a hot minute. Um, the the things that would do it for me is like System Shock. Well, but you know I can play the enhanced version and that runs pretty well on modern PCs and sure um, yeah yeah you know so there's a few of the games like that that just happens that they already are are pretty well supported in in newer machines. But uh, I definitely know what you mean. There's there's a great sort of time period that that we don't have a good solution for. Yeah, I would I would say like Chex Quest, but we also have a Chex Quest HD now. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're in good. Yeah, good yeah. Hands. They, they of all the games to bring back. Right? <laughs> oh, that was so funny when that came out. I was like, wait, what? How? What? I, I, I was I, I I was all over it when it came out, and they actually had sequels. I I didn't know they had sequels until years later, but they actually had sequels to it. They, they had a two and a three. So I am disappointed. If I'm not mistaken, I could be. I I don't believe we ever got. Sneak King, which or or the other two Burger King Xbox 360 games. Uh, yeah. I don't believe those ever made it backward compatible, which seems crazy because I mean Burger King gave them away for free. Right. Why the hell you can't you know figure out the licensing on something that was given away for free? But you know, well we'll leave the conversation about copyright law for another another day. But uh, yeah, I mean like. You know, there's there's those crazy, wacky, just goofy product games. Doritos did a couple um, on the Xbox as well in the arcade that were downloadable, but those you can play uh, on the on the modern Xbox. So, um, interestingly enough, yeah, it's. I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, in, for the most part, the most popular stuff is probably going to definitely get some kind of a preservation. Um, you know, especially if it was really hot. But I mean, it's it's a wonder that. But some things just won't. Like even yeah. even even as popular as it is, some things just won't. And and like a great example of this is like you know GoldenEye sixty four. You know like mm -hmm. where I know that they did a GoldenEye for the Wii, and I know that they've done some other Bond stuff. But we're talking about the original GoldenEye. We're never gonna see that re released in any form or fashion ever because licensing is a bitch. 
Now, for some reason, they were able to get, you know, Perfect Dark, you know, to go through. And we got a, we got an HD remaster of Perfect Dark on the um, Xbox Arcade back Xbox, in the day. Yep. Yeah, and that yep. was and that was awesome. I, I ate that up as soon as it came out. I was like, yeah, yeah bye. Yeah, we played at co-op uh, <laughs> yeah, a while we, back. Yeah, not too long ago. We actually played at co-op. So, And that's the cool thing is you can play an old school N64 game co-op over the internet on Xbox Live. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we're talking, you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's games preservation right there, in my opinion. That's like the mm-hmm. epitome of uh, uh, an actual, the industry, the industry actually doing it right. And it's yeah. so rare. And I know Phil Spencer, you know, he's again, spirit animal. God bless him. Um, but uh, he's been beating that drum lately to get people to start thinking about emulation and doing more emulation. Because um, there's there is no way that the because the industry doesn't have a way right now that is like the movie industry or TV or music. It's the only entertainment industry right now that is not actively working on preserving what's come before it's like mm-hmm. the the argument that here, here's here's one for you this this always cracked me up okay so i had an argument years ago with this guy about emulation and he always thought that i was crazy for wanting emulation or liking emulation because he thought mm. he thought that i was a uh, promoting piracy which was not true what I was promoting was is games preservation. That's what I wanted. I, you know, I'm not trying to say people should steal these ROMs and play them. Let's let's figure out a way to make them legally available for people to purchase or you know have and to hold on to. But the argument was is like, well, you know, I I purchased. Let's say I've got, you know, this game. I can't play it anymore, but I've got a copy of it. There's no way for me to play it anymore because I don't. Maybe that I don't have a console, or it's hard to find a console, or I can't really afford a console. But I have a copy of it, right? And I want to play it. So maybe I want to play it on my computer. And let's say it was like an old Super Nintendo game, whatever, for whatever reason. I can play it on my computer with an Xbox controller. I like my Xbox controller. You know, I don't need the authentic controller to play it, but I want to be able to play it, you know, with the controller of my choice and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not how the developer intended you to play it. (laughs) <laughs> what yeah so so if i bought an album on cassette tape and i don't want to listen to it on my cassette i want to rip it and listen to it on my well when they released it on cassette they didn't intend for you to listen to it any other way but on the cassette that's the argument that you're making and i find that yeah. to be i find that to be bullshit pardon my french for anyone who's listening who's got kids but like I just, I just think that's such a, that's such a weak argument. Like, yes, this game was developed for this platform, but if I have, if I can, if the, I can have the ability to still enjoy the experience of this game elsewhere, that's the whole, the whole point is the experience of the game itself, right? Like, if I want to play Super Mario, I, I it really doesn't matter where I play Super Mario. I want to experience Super Mario. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, now there's something to be said about the nostalgia of it. Right. Like when you're a kid and you first buy it from the store and you get it, it's all in its packaging and, you know, it's that <laughs> opening up of a game for the first time. Right. Like that. You're never going to have that again because of the world that we live in with the technology that we have. It's just not we don't yeah. live. We don't live in an era of Super Nintendo anymore. We don't you know, we don't. But like if 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 Nintendo is not going to allow people to continue to play games that people that grew up with and still love to this day, and maybe they want their kids to experience it, that should be available. It's just like music. 
Like, I grew up listening to all this music that my parents grew up listening to that I now have an appreciation for because I was exposed to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think, to me, there are other interesting things that you can do in emulation that you can't even do with, like, widescreen hacks or translations um, there are a whole bunch of Japanese games that never got English translations, and we are now getting access to those because the community has stepped in, done fan translation, and makes them freely available so you can get the Japanese game, apply, rip it, apply the, the translation patch, and play something that you would never be able to play without studying Japanese and, and you know, learning well, a whole new language. And here's, and here's another one for you, too. I mean, back in the day, there were... In the U.S., we got different Final Fantasies than in Japan, right? So not necessarily different, they sort of, but, not, but they didn't release all of them over here. So, like, when they released Final Fantasy III here... They just branded it Final Fantasy 3 here, and it was really Final Fantasy 6 in Japan, right? The, the community went out and translated all of the other Final Fantasy games that we never got and made those translations available to the U.S. people to play those Final Fantasies. Now, I think there's something to be said about that because now they've been releasing for the last several years English translations of those old Final Fantasy games that we now have the luxury of playing. I also wonder in part if that has anything to do with the influence of the the emulation like community. You know, because you know, now that they're so freely available, you know, what what changed their mind? It's more marketing. Like why would they why would they market something to the US that the US never had? Like people are eating these up in droves because they used to play those emulators back in the day. I guarantee you. So I remember playing, I remember playing, I never played Final Fantasy 3. I remember as a kid doing it wrong. I had a, I had a ROM of Final Fantasy 6 with an English translation on it. And I played that as a kid and that was the, and I, I loved it. And this was, you know, when I was in like middle school or something like that, or, or yeah, I think it was in middle school. I played, you know, that version of Final Fantasy. And that's why I love Final Fantasy 6 so much because I played it when I was mm. a younger person it's it's had that influence on me throughout the rest of my gaming whatnot. So anyway, just saying, I think there's something to be said about that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think the um the power of bringing this all to the PC and being able to access all these different things and do all these different and customize games to your liking a little bit more um, is something I appreciate. I uh, This is a little bit of a, a, a tangent, perhaps, but one of the th reasons that I like playing games on PC is certainly for mod support, right? Mm -hmm. As although we have some, you know, some sort of toes dipped in the water of doing mod support on consoles, still relatively rare, where there is a mod for almost every PC out there. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, there may not be a lot of mods and they may not be super interesting, mm -hmm. but even friggin watchdogs one got somebody went in and did a reshader and did a bunch of graphics upgrades and made it look better than watchdogs Legion. Now, unfortunately, the original watchdogs is not a great game, <laughs> so you probably are going to want some gameplay mods to go along with those graphics. 
you're going to do more than just look at it and take screenshots. But the idea that you can take a game that a developer has made and have people, in some cases, who are incredibly talented, go in and make the game even better or make it into their own thing or do something you know completely different with it, add features, whatever, is so, so powerful. And we've you know certainly touched on this before, but like to me, that's something you can't get anywhere else. And while not as common, there are an amount of mod uh emulated you know uh games especially things like super mario where people have gone in and one of the ones i saw somebody talking about recently uh they had fans of the super mario games recreate levels from memory mm. and then you play through their version of a level you know world one one uh, from original Super Mario Brothers, but it's how they remember it, not necessarily what it actually was. And so it's this weird, like, sort of alternate, you know, funhouse mirror version of the game and all these levels that you know, in, you know, in many cases, very, very well. So, like, that's something you just couldn't do with original hardware, at least not, you know, very easily. Well, and I think that's where Mario Maker came coming into play. I think that's another argument where people, they... they they saw what the what the modding community and what these home brewers were doing with Mario games, and I guarantee you they realized that there was a market for like being able to make your own Mario levels and share them with people, and they were going to eat that kind of stuff up. I think too of like you, know, you talk about you talk about modding and all those kinds of things just in general, like you know without mods, you know. KOTOR 2 probably wouldn't be as good mm-hmm. because the modding community went back and restored and added in a whole bunch of content mm-hmm. that the developers didn't either finish or left out or all this other stuff. And the modding community went in there and beefed it up. And, and now I have yet to finish it myself. I'm, I'm still one of those people who have not finished KOTOR 2, but you know, the community there's, there's a whole community pack out there for, for KOTOR. Um, well, um, the other one that I always think about is uh, the the first-person uh, Vampire the Masquerade game that Activision published 15 years ago, and they published it horribly, horribly broken. And, you know, basically moved on because they were like, well, you know, it, it got out there, we, we tried, we're moving on, we're never going to patch it, we're never going to do anything. And the community stepped in and fixed the game. One of the developers actually contributed significant things to the community patch. But you can't play that game at this point without applying the community patch to it because it just doesn't work. And so, you know, that's that's like a great example where the community, the the gaming, you know, gamers came together to bring something back from the dead, essentially. Uh, or, or, or from the from you know the the graveyard of unusability, maybe is a better way to say it. Well, and you you talk about mods, and we, you were talking about applying like widescreen hacks to emulation. The other crazy thing too is like uh, the Simu emulator for the Wii U. Mm-hmm. You can get uh, I because I I got Breath of the Wild on my Wii U, and I've got it on my Simu emulator. And the great thing is, is people have actually been able to make odds for a console game emulated on the pc a game that was never intended to have mods and they've Mm -hmm. gone in and done stuff like added in grand theft auto characters to 
you know, <laughs> Breath of the Wild, where right. I mean, they, like you know, you had SpongeBob in as like a playable character, or you could go in and play as uh, some of the female characters from the Zelda games, right? Like you can you can change mm-hmm. uh, who's who's the protagonist essentially, and you become um, forget the one that they 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 did, but like you can actually play as Zelda. Or uh, you can play as, like, Female Link. They've done some Female Link, like, switch-ups. Mm. So, like, doing things to the Zelda game for the community so that they can play the game differently or the way that they want to, I think is such a really cool thing that um, they're, it's not because they're wanting to destroy the work of the original developers, but they're, I, it adds more value to it. I mean, you think about... Now, now this is becoming a conversation of modding, but, like, you think about, you know, what valve went through in the early days with you know half-life where half-life became kind of the catalyst where you had to buy a copy of half-life so that way you could play all these awesome mods that people were making for mm-hmm. you know same thing well, in starcraft starcraft 2 or quake yeah. well starcraft mm-hmm. became so popular that they added an arcade mode essentially their own version of forge and mm-hmm. you know people people built a starcraft mmo I don't think it still exists anymore, but they they no, built they not. they built an MMO in the arcade mode for StarCraft Two. I played it for a little bit. I was like, "This is genius!" I don't know how they did it, but like, I remember so vividly because we did a map of the week program for the original StarCraft for a couple years after release. One of the maps of the week was not really just a map; it was Tetris using uh zerglings as your p like to make up the pieces and Mm -hmm. it was just tetris like you drop them down and you could clear lines and everything else but the idea that you could do that in a rts and take and and convert it into a completely different genre was just sort of mind-blowing at the time we certainly had plenty of examples uh since uh then but yeah i mean that i love being able to bring everything on the pc to be able to access the mods the other thing though, that I really like about it is um, being able to cheat, frankly. I've played Skyrim all the way through once. I've played it partway through a couple of times since. But when the Anniversary Edition came out, I wanted to get Steam achievements for it. Um, But if you turn on any mods, it disables all achievements in the game, which is, you know, understandable, I guess, but it's a little bit frustrating. Um, and so I didn't want to go through and like be poor and, and have to like build my character up for hours and hours and hours just to get to the content I wanted to play. So I was able to go in and basically give myself a bunch of gold and then I could buy some better, better items. I could give myself a couple levels so I could, you know, get a bit of a head start and skip over some of the low level stuff. And like for me, that was a much better use of my time if I was going to go back and play a game that I've already beaten. And I realize not everyone's you know gonna gonna feel the same way, and that that can be a little controversial. I would never cheat in a multiplayer game, to be clear. Yeah. Um, I only cheat in single player stuff. But like for me, that was what made it worth going back and replaying the game was that I could kind of skip over some of the boring stuff that or or the the leveling stuff, the grinding stuff. So you can't, you do, typically you can't do that on console. Um, there's sort of an ugly side to it where certain games let you pay for cheats, which is really gross. 
um and yeah, i'm and not a big fan of that that's pretty big a proponent for online games which i, I actually absolutely loathe like I had this interesting conversation with my boss's kids because they, you know, they're they're early in their gaming careers themselves, young young fellas, and uh, they just got a couple of Oculuses for their birthday. They're twin boys, mm. and they just got a couple of Oculuses, and uh, they're absolutely loving it. And they got Oculuses because they, you know, um, their dad saw mine. My boss, you know, he saw mine, and he's like, you know, you think my kids would love this? And I was like, yeah, dude, like this, these things are cool. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so they're, his kids are eating it up, but I, you know, we had an interesting conversation with their boys cause they love playing grand theft auto and they, they love using cheats, but they, their argument was, is we don't want to do it to ruin other people's stuff. We just do it so we can spawn in whatever car we want to drive around and be stupid with. Mm-hmm. And we just, but, but we also don't like, you know, messing up anybody else's time. And I'm just like, yes, but because this exists, it inevitably is going to ruin someone else's experience. And that's and that and that's that's why it's unfortunate because it's just like well why don't you just do this in single player, you know? Well, I can't play with my friend. And I was like, well, then that's my <laughs> argument that I have for Rockstar that they need to do more to help people be able to kind of play privately. Like let let people have a hack lobby, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just them and their friends. Like let me and my friends be in a lobby by ourselves where it's just us and we can do all the things that we want to do in the game. But they, they, what they do is they hide certain stuff behind this whole, like, well, you can't do that unless you're in an open lobby because you have to have someone be able to stop you. And I was like, I get it, but I I don't want, like, a ship to be dropped on top of me from, like, you know, some, mm-hmm. like, you know, or, like, an ocean liner or, like, to be teleported to, you know, the top of some building and then kicked off. You know, like, those things are funny, like, the first time, but, like... It become when it becomes like the only way that people are playing the game, you get real tired of it real quick. Absolutely. And that's where I think, you know, like I say, for me it's really important that that it's single player stuff. Um but I've I've certainly um seen people get really upset about the idea of cheating even in your own game. Like you're not living up to the developer's true vision for the game. And, you know, I, I, I can respect that argument, but I've worked with too many game designers to think that they are uh, infallible, right? I've played too many bad games to believe that games can't be improved. Uh, and, and so for me, uh, I like having that control over, my games and being able to play them the way that I want to play them. Yeah. Well, and this now, kind of just this kind of just all goes to you know the way that we have our our systems kind of set up. You know, we've got our we've got our PCs, we've got our consoles, we've got our emulation, and I mean, I've got I mean, I've got tons and tons of PC games. I've got a you know a pretty modest collection of big box PC games still over here, and. I've got a, a modest little console collection going on over there, and uh, just being able to play it all in one place is really nice. It just keeps it simple. And on top of that, I do some in-home streaming stuff with the lighter weight games to my TV upstairs on my NVIDIA Shield. So, you know, I'll play... Actually, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but that's how I played all the entirety of uh, Mass Effect Andromeda was I game-streamed it. Mm. Um, back at our old house, we had a entertainment room and so we had a projector and sound system. And so I played that like on a 120 inch, you know, screen essentially 
and really enjoyed that experience playing it. But it was game streamed from my PC to my NVIDIA Shield. And so I'll do some of that occasionally. Like I play Skyrim that way. You know, I'll game stream it mm-hmm. upstairs and, and sit in my recliner and play it. Um, usually single player stuff, I'll game stream up there, but it's all coming from my computer. Like I can game stream my emulators right. up there too. So like I was playing, you know, Zelda. Uh, ocarina of time the other day but it was being streamed from here up upstairs now granted i do have an n64 and i've got ocarina of time i could have just gone and like hooked it up up there but then that's a different save file and you know this whole thing and yeah well and and that n64 uh console is an investment in time it's an investment in energy breaks are you gonna you know go fix it your said your saves kind of stuck on there um you know, and there are ways around some of those things. You can get uh, uh, modern save cards that save your stuff to an SD card, and then you can go pull it off. But then you have to go figure out, well, how how do I change formats? How do I do this or that? So yeah, I I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense um, to want to do it all through a single uh, system, and then you can make sure that your save games are backed up. For um, I use a program called Game Save Manager uh, that is a little rough around the edges, a little dated. They're, they've been working on version 4 uh, for a few years now. That's going to be a major overhaul, but version 3 is still pretty usable. And it knows where all the save games, knows where all the cloud save files are, and it basically goes through and it can zip all that stuff up per game stick it in a folder somewhere on your computer, and then you can back that, you know, sync that up to the cloud or whatever you want to do. But the neat thing about it is it can save history. So you can say, okay, I want to, uh, I want to keep 10 copies of this save file. Uh, so each night I have it run at like 3 a.m. And then I have 10 days worth of backups. And that has saved me a few times uh, when I've, you know, broken something or something's gotten corrupted and I've lost progress. I mean, I lose a couple days rather than a couple weeks of progress in a game, for example, mm. um, which is really nice. And so, you know, that's another thing. Like, I, I will say the Xbox save system is really good. But I've even had problems where my Forza 5, Forza Horizon 5 save got into a weird state and I had to delete it out of the cloud and off my system in order to, to recover my ability to play the game. Um, and it would have been nice to have a backup of that that I could restore and and be able to, you know, not lose a few hours of progress doing the intro missions and stuff like that. Um, weirdly enough, a bunch of my stuff came back after that, which was, it was very strange. I, I don't quite understand what happened there, but, um, but yeah, so like, I like that ability to backup saves. Um, I think that my, my big challenge right now is, um, Windows 11's a little, little rough around the edges still. It's got some weird memory leak issues. I, I Explorer for me, I have to restart it probably once a day. I have to reboot probably every other every three days or so to keep the system from just doing weird stuff and getting bogged down and super slow and things like that. Um, yeah, and I'm I, sure Microsoft will fix it. But, I, I'm you know. I miss I miss being able to leave like 
Dude, I used to leave my computer on 24-7 with all of my launchers open, like, all the time. I can't do that right now because of some things going on with some of the latest Windows stuff. Even even with, like, some of the later patches just before I upgraded to 11 myself, there mm. were some weird things going on with Windows 10 that even in Windows 11 still is carried over. Um, but thankfully, with most of my stuff backed up, I could easily just do, like, a fresh wipe and reinstall windows but you know and all my settings and stuff are backed up elsewhere um for my third party apps not my windows settings but third party apps have backed up everywhere so yeah, so, yeah. one good thing if you have OneDrive is it'll back up some of your preferences and sync them to OneDrive. but um and well the other not ni- not everything for sure well the other nice thing is, is there's free there's free solutions out there for for doing some backup stuff so like if you have google google uh account like a gmail account you get some free storage with that, and so like you can do, and you can use it just to back up some of your simple things, like your your settings and configurations and stuff. Nothing that's too large. Um, you know, you, there are some paid solutions out there, but like there there are solutions for folks. I think Mega, you can get uh, some some free storage with mm-hmm. them. Um, but just you know, for for those of you who out there, yeah, are there's listening, even an app that. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say there's even an app that will go and take your files and basically use all the free storage from all the cloud providers as a raid array where it writes the same fi- blocks of files to multiple clouds. So like it uses all the free space as one giant drive for you. I forget the name of the program now. I'll have to look it up and I'll, I'll share it in our discord. But, you know, you there are these innovative solutions doing this stuff. There's no excuse for not being able to back up these days yeah so i mean if you guys are again if you guys are ever interested in this stuff we have a discord server where there's a few of us out here who've uh are more than willing to to help you all out uh but i think that i think we can start wrapping some things up here unless you got anything else here mollified um the only thing i was going to mention uh i saw it just came out uh for play night is a plugin that gives you a list of games in your library and it is just a list that you can add games to and arbitrarily sort them. So sort of like a scratch pad version of like a backlog list. So you can say, okay, I want to play these five games and you can order them and stuff. I haven't got figured out how to get it working uh, just yet. I haven't had time to play with it, but uh, that seemed like a really handy way for me to kind of keep track of. I've got three or four games I'm, you know, playing through right now. And so I'm switching between them and, uh, I'm I'm very bad about forgetting. Oh wait, yeah, Shin Megami Tensei Five. I need to go back and play that on the Switch. Yeah, but st- stop playing this. You got to go finish that. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I I'm interested to try that out. But um, however you do it, that's just you know a specific way to do it. But I do think like having that list is uh is helpful as well. So you you know you know sort of what you want to play and and where it is and where you're at. For sure, um, for sure. There's a great there's a great meme about um games need games should have a adult mode where <laughs> you when you sit down with a game you can go into a brief tutorial that reminds you how the hell to play the game and what the controls are because as an adult <laughs> there are times when you will go two weeks without being able to play and then you know, you get back to a game and you have no idea what's happening, who the characters yeah. are, like, what like the controls a, are. Like almost like a, like a TV show. It's just like when we last left our adventure, we yes. yeah, some yes. some some kind of a 
you know, here's what you were doing last time. Because that happened to me. I remember I was playing Fallout 3, and then I stopped playing, and I came back to it, like, a year and a half later, and I just was like, oh, yeah, I need to go finish this. And, like, I loaded into my last save, and I'm like, I'm in some weird building. There's a bunch of hostile, like, robots around. I was like, it, it becomes the Gandalf meme of, I have no memory of this place, and it's just like, what the... <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was I doing here? So yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. It'd be it'd be nice to have. This is what you were doing when you were last playing. Now go. Uh, so yeah. Oh no. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I so said that would be my one my one wish list, I guess. Uh, thing to see one day become standard. Um, we've started getting more accessibility options in games, which is really fantastic, and I'm I'm so excited by that. But this is like you know th that next that next thing to to start thinking about right we got colorblind options you know th those were kind of the first thing we saw now we have a lot of accessibility choices and now we need a i'm i'm a terrible gamer and i need a reminder of how the hell to play this game please yeah. help me yeah yeah <laughs> you're 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 they say you know your your memories doesn't hold up as well the older you get so Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, one last thing. You know, we didn't talk about this on our new show, but I'm going to include it in here at the end of this one. Did you see that post I posted uh, from Reddit about the Silver Foxes or the, the Silver... It's the it's the CSGO team that is like a... a oh, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a team of seniors that play CSGO. It's like they're, they're all over the age of 50 or something like that, or they're all over the age of like 60 or whatever. But yeah, I was like... I don't know if they're called the Silver Foxes. They're called the Silver Something. Um, but anyway, I, I yeah. do want to I do want to yeah. mention that because you you talk about accessibility, but like you know, being able to see people from all different ages and abilities, being able to play games together, enjoy it, games, yeah. yeah, is a very cool thing. And when I saw that, when I saw that Reddit post, I got really excited because I was like, you know what, this is really slick. Yeah, it's just above your thing here. They're called the Silver Snipers. That's what it is. Oh, nice. First nice. professional first first professional senior CS:GO team in the world. And you know what? That was that was posted by Dreamhack on Twitter. That's where it was that I saw that. And I was like that is awesome. The Silver Snipers. I'd like to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and the cool thing, the cool thing with that is you're taking uh a group of people who now they have something in common. They have some shared experience, right? And that, that gives them a bond and they may not have ever found that, you know, if it weren't for games. So I think that's really cool. hundred percent. All right. Well, that's going to conclude this episode, guys. Um, we, we have a couple of game servers over on our uh, discord. You guys can come check out such as our Minecraft server. We also have a, an unreal tournament, 2004 server, We've been playing a lot of the newer games like Halo Infinite and Call of Duty, or not Call of Duty, uh, Battlefield 2042, um, and some other new stuff that's out there, uh, dabbling in the Star Citizens, you know, just, we love to play games around here. We're a family-friendly family, family -friendly oriented kind of place, so come on by discord.otherworlds.gg, and this has been episode 43, we'll see you in the next one. Yeah.